0: Hey, everybody, this is Mandy, and I am an amateur
1: hairstylist. I wouldn't agree to that, but that's your intro. Hi, everybody, this is Ali, and I want to know, do you know where your weenus lives? And this is the Mandy and Ali podcast.
0: You search for guys with the most things. Eddie ran away and left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the
1: Mustang. Yo, Mandy.
0: Stop nah, fam. If I'm not an amateur hairstylist, then
1: what am I? Go back. <laughs> You're better than an amateur hairstylist. Okay, you guys. So Mandy did not go to what's what so is The Cosmetology school. Uh semicolon, however, comma, she did a great job on several people's hair. This uh, past week slash month. And she had a lot of things going on. So I think she's not giving herself enough credit because one of the people's hair that she did was moi, and I get a lot of compliments on it. And I like it every time I look in the mirror, and I can just flip it, and I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like, the flip hair that's not just, like, kind of curled up because mine always gets curly. It was very interesting. It's been fun. So she needs to give herself some more credit is what I'm saying. I'll give myself credit if I
0: get paid. It was credit card. I asked you if you wanted to get paid. <laughs> I asked you. I don't want to get paid because I don't want to do it no more.
1: <laughs> All right. So you're retired already. I'm retired. Okay. Well, I'm glad I got in while you were still working. <laughs> How are you doing on this fine day? retiree it is so hot Mm. I feel like part
0: of it is because I rearranged my room last week and haven't moved it back and so my bed is by the window Mm -hmm. I'm getting all the rays uh, on my body from first thing in the morning to whenever go down at night but I'm just like plus the vent is on the other side of my room so it takes a long time to get over here but I'm just like, my goodness, this second summer is, is <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it does sound terrible. How you
1: feel? I feel pretty good today. I'm pretty happy getting back into my routine. So I'm doing great today. Yeah, it's also hot here. I heard you say goals. So for goals... I don't have any updates. Actually, yeah, I do. I have an update regarding my to-do list. I've been using electronic to-do lists, which didn't used to be effective for me because it wasn't really in my face and I couldn't, like, stick it somewhere and all I had to do was, like, not open that app to ignore the to-do list. But I've been using them religiously and I've been getting stuff to done. So I'm very happy with myself and impressed with myself and also, this past month was the best sales month for me, like, ever since I started with my own business, like, just explosive for me. So I'm very, very happy, very, very happy with that. But, yeah. That's great news. Thank you. Making that much. Shimoni, what about your sales update? My sales or goals? No, I'm sorry. Not sales. <laughs> what about your goal update?
0: I did one of the things on my list, which was to ride a bike.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, it was painful, Um, literally. My bottom half was hurting for, like, from the time that I was still on the bike, but we hadn't yet reached home, so I had to keep riding. And then the entire next day and part of the day, a good portion of the day after that. Like, I couldn't sit or stand or lay down or nothing really without just being in in pain. And I was just like, "Mm, this is not selling me on this bike riding business. Like, I went a good portion of my life not really doing it. And now I am pained by it. So I don't know if I want to really do it no more. But um, it was a good workout. I was sweating and working hard trying to do it. Uh, my skills are lacking, but I still accomplished the feat. So I feel accomplished
1: in that regard, I guess. That is a good accomplishment, especially when you haven't done it in so long. I know we previously talked about how I also am a new bike owner or rider, and it's, not easy, you guys, <laughs> for those of you who have, been, who have been doing it for a very long time and are just used to it, or those of you who have stopped doing it. Like, it can definitely be painful. Like, we've had to invest in, well, I don't know if you've invested yet, Mandy, but I've invested in those little butt pad protectors because it does hurt the rump. <laughs> it does.
0: I haven't invested in nothing because I'm still learning. And if I don't like it, I ain't going to buy a bike let alone a seat protector or whatever. That's understandable. Like I was saying to my sister, I have the skills of a seven-year-old because that's what ev- when everyone else usually learns. <laughs> Do they? Do they usually learn at the age of seven? I think so. I don't have much context because I never learned. <laughs> so... But my understanding is that's when people kinda learn to ride with like no training wheels and stuff.
1: I commend even your willingness to learn because some people are like, Oh, I'm too old for that. Or oh, that time has passed. So even your willingness to learn, I commend you for that. Thanks. You're welcome. Are you ready to dive into this is a safe space? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So I have a story I want to set up for you, and then I have a question I want to pose at the end. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So my topic for This is a Safe Space today is strangers trying to be quirky. And I feel like if I don't know you and there's not even slight rapport, I don't think you need to be making quips at me or towards me or with me. And I will give you my reference. I was recently in the airport, and I did my shoelaces in a way that they would easily come untied because, you know, security checkpoints and all that. So they decided to do so three times before I hit the checkpoint. And so this is me bending over constantly, bending down, rolling my thing, still in line. It was just a lot of moving parts. So after that third time, I was just like, bump it. So at this point, I'm done bending over, and I'm just cautiously walking like Wayne Head, just making sure I'm not tripping over anything. So they came undone a fourth time. And a woman who stood behind me during this entire retie each time I went down goes, honey, did you know your laces were loose? And I said, yes, I'm aware, thanks. Then she turns to who I'm assuming was her husband and goes, oh, maybe it's the style she's going for. And they break into this dry skin dinner at 2 p.m. oppressive laughter. And I started to reply, actually, that's not the case. And then I just cut myself off because I was like, why waste my time? And I'm always so adamant about getting the last word with someone, especially when it's a stranger who's wrong. But I literally, like, checked myself and said, what's the point before I could go in on her? So all that said, my question to you, Mandy, is do you find yourself using energy to defend or explain yourself to people or throw up the as-if, whatever, get-the-picture-duh hand signs when it comes to people that really don't (laughs) matter in your life? (laughs) Um,
0: I don't think i explain myself to people i probably would act like i didn't hear them even if we were in the line and they were directly behind me cuz even though i like to make friends in certain places and by make friends i mean like sometimes i like to be the person that's just kind of talking to the folks around me but the airport ain't that place we all got somewhere to be <laughs> And the security line is just like a very frustrating thing, and I'm I'm not trying to be social there, so I was just been like, hmm. And if if anything, I might have stopped to tie my shoe for a long extended period of time to slow down the line, and then behind me, because they can't really go nowhere, you know? Right. But for the most part, I don't get too bothered or uh, feel the need to explain myself to strangers because it is very much, I will never see you again. So this, there are no stakes.
1: Right. Again, I was happy I caught myself. At the same time, I was like, I'm used to just nicely putting people in their place and then thinking about it like, hey, what she said was nice, but actually she was being rude and not being able to say anything back to me because I'm just that quick-witted with it. And I almost went there, and I was just like, why? Just why? Just You have other things to waste your energy on. Just don't. So, again, I commend myself for doing that, but also I'm like, why do people, specifically strangers, feel the need to speak to other people about what they're doing when it's not their business. I don't understand. Or she could have just left Some it out. Like, well, like she thought she, she was, was being trying to be smart. Social. She was trying to be smart though, because she could have just left it like, oh, she realized her like, legs are untied, alright. But she tried to make a little joke. And I'm just like, why? We don't have any kind of connection. We don't know each other. Why? What are you doing? What
0: if she, instead of being a, what do you say, somebody that eat dinner at 2 p.m. with her husband or whatever type of lady, what if she was a handsome dude
1: and he and thought. he still decided to make a, I'm sorry, I'll let you finish.
0: <laughs> yeah, like he was giving banter, like, because you know, like how people will, will kind of be smart-alecky and they think they're flirting.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what she
0: was trying to flirt with. But what if he gave that, like, that same kind of comment? Would you be like, this dude here, and ignored him too?
1: If it was the same kind of comment coming from a handsome guy, and he turned around and made that quip to his wife, who I assumed to be his wife, I would have probably said the same thing. Like, yeah, whether you're handsome or not, that wasn't the case, and I hopefully would have cut myself off, but it just, it just seemed like very southern nastiness. You know how like Kiki Palmer does her um, her impressions of like southern women's, like, "Oh darling, how are you doing?" I wouldn't be caught dead in that gazebo cover or whatever. It was very much that kind of tone. Because I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at reading tones, especially from strangers. So I was like, I don't need your southern nicety cattiness right now or ever. So. <laughs> Um, if it came from a guy, I feel like I would do the same thing. Like, all right, you told me what was going on. I told you I was aware and said, thank you. Like, why are you Why are you continuing on? I was maybe a how she's trying to do. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I clearly told you that I was aware. So, lady, move along. Love was that?
0: For my this is a safe space. I want to talk about dealing with coworkers and mess at work. So for the most part, I don't have like any problems with the people that I work with. There's one person in particular that I can't stand. And it's unfortunate because I do have to work directly with this person. Um, there ain't no in-between, furrow, furrow. But I make my time with him brief and short. But um, another thing that happens semi-occasionally with me is when I am asked to train or be a... Uh, yeah, but um, I just have recently been asked to train someone. And then even as of today, I was asked to be what is called like a buddy. And I don't usually have like as much problems with doing that, but I just feel like what, it, it just becomes super annoying. Like super annoying to always be that person that's uh, they're like, oh, Mandy, can you help with this? Can you help with that? Can you help with other? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Blah blah blah. And like, like there isn't a bunch of capabilities with other people. But then when you get when when I'm part of the reason why I'm frustrated is because I'm being asked to train people or be buddies for people that wouldn't work directly in the role that I do. So once I start to train them, then they're like, oh they at, they start asking random questions or they're like, Do I need to know this? You probably don't because you're never gonna do this. But somebody said that you, they wanted you to be trained in it. So now here I am training you. And I need you not to be questioning me because clearly out of the two of us here, I'm the expert. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you would have trained yourself. Right. Or for, like, the person that they asked me to be a buddy for, I'm like, there's a whole team of y'all. Can none of y'all be the buddy? <laughs> like, I don't know, why would I be the buddy for a member of y'all's team when there's three of y'all? It don't make sense, except for the fact that there's organizational skills or like certain things that I do and that's fine, but it's not like y'all gonna pay me extra for every time I train someone or pay me extra mm-hmm. for every time I create people's schedules to make sure that they're even if I'm not the one training them that their training is together, y'all aren't gonna going to give me I don't know. I just feel like I'm having a heightened frustration with this continuously because it's like someone at someone once I was starting to do the training for someone, then I have my own work that I do and my own schedule, and it's not mm-hmm. always convenient for me to go into the office. Uh, spoiler, sometimes I get to work from home or um, carve out certain parts of my time to do something for someone else. So when they're like, oh, well, we think it'd be better if to do this in the office, or we think it'd be better for this way or that way, or we think it'd be good for you to do that, why are you you you're asking me to do you a favor you're asking me to help you, and then you're trying to dictate how I do that that don't make sense to me <laughs> like you should be at my whim and at my you know leisure for because I'm trying to help you, so it doesn't make sense to me or or to or to assume you're asking me to train you in something, but assuming that it's going to be five minutes' worth of training. Like, if I'm carving out a day for a certain amount of time and you thought you were going to learn everything it is that I do in one day for real, you sound stupid off rip. (laughs) Like, that just sounds dumb. No, if you actually wanted to learn everything that I do, it would take you months. But it doesn't make sense for you to learn everything that I do. So what is it that you're supposed to be learning? Oh, well, she didn't really say, what do you think I should learn? I think if it was my decision, we wouldn't be here right now, and I wouldn't be (laughs) saying I would just be doing my work. (laughs) Because if you was going to learn this, you should have learned it when you started.
1: Right. That's what I was going to say. I don't understand why... First of all, I don't understand why they're not paying you some type of commission or training fee or the fact that you're taking on all these extra duties and they're not compensating you for it doesn't make any sense because that's taking away time from your schedule and getting your work done. Or maybe you just don't even want to do it. Maybe you don't want to do it, but people keep offering you up as a sacrificial lamb, like, oh, you need to know this? Go see Mandy. Oh, I don't want to That's
0: literally how it is. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. literally how it is. And the reason why it's frustrating for me is because, um, like, I don't mind training people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Particularly if they're doing my role, duh, it makes sense for someone that's in the role or, like, the manager of that role to train the person in the role. So, when I've been someone's buddy or when I've done trainings and it's someone that's going to be learning what it is that I do, it makes perfect sense, and I like to be very particular and intricate about whatever their training is before they get here so that they'll be fully prepared and realized in whatever it is their job is. The problem, Part of the problem that I have now is people they're bringing people into this job, don't know what the F to do with them, and then they're like, you know who's good at training people and stuff? Mandy. Let's call Mandy and ask her if she can train the X, Y, Z. What am I supposed to do with this person? Like, what is it that you're supposed to know? Or you know who's good at being a buddy and setting schedules for stuff? Mandy. This person ain't on my team. Why don't you know what you want for them to do? Like the like the level of inconvenience, I think. That's why it's making me so angry. The level of inconvenience to which you were trying to to bring to me and you don't even know the point. You don't have a legitimate reason that you want this person to learn this thing or you want me to be the person to be their buddy or train them. Because especially with that buddy stuff, if you are the first person that 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 someone sees when they start their new job, they're going to go to you for everything, whether you should or not. But they're like, oh, well, you were my buddy and you were the person that I met. And my understanding is I should talk to you for X, Y, and Z, even if I have a manager, because people don't always want to go to their manager and know them. They're going to go to their buddy. And I'm just like, but you're not on my team. Mm -hmm. We don't share the same role. I don't know how I'm supposed to help you. So... That's just, I really needed to get that off my chest. Um, Partly because I've done, like, a little personal rant about it, but it's been, like, every day coming back to this. Like, it didn't just, it wasn't just one day. It wasn't just two days. It's been two weeks of this situation giving me me problems and being annoying as hell. And then it got added today by me being asked to be someone's buddy. So I'm just, like... Like, instinctively, I was just like, I'm about to say no. But Mm -hmm. then I'm like, I've seen people come in and not get the help that they need and be treated poorly because they don't know whatever it is that they want them to know. But then I'm like, but y'all don't be telling them whatever it is they're supposed to know. Right. Like, yes, I am a good trainer, but that doesn't mean you should always have me do it. Maybe you should step your skills up in how you train that people can be effective at their job and not just make me do it all the time.
1: Right. That's my other concern. It's like what if you're not there, if you're going to extend a trip or something? Is it like, okay, we hired you, but you got to wait 10 days to be trained because our best trainer isn't here. Like (laughs) it doesn't add up. Everyone should be capable of teaching others for instances like that, or maybe you're not available. Maybe your week is booked. Maybe you just don't want to do it. Maybe you don't have the capacity. Maybe things get rearranged in your schedule, so they can't just be, be dependent on one person whose official title isn't office trainer, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. not if
0: you're going to pay me to be the trainer,
1: <laughs> right. that
0: would be one thing. But you pay me to do something else. So every time that you want me to carve out hours out of my day and then spend multiple days training somebody in something and you don't even know what you want them to know for real or why you want them to know it, then that's a waste of my time. Yeah. But you literally have the audacity to say it'd be more of an effective use of time for me to drive all the way to the office to sit there and and teach them something that you thought I was going to teach them in one day, it don't work like that. It does not.
1: That's the other thing. If you're not the person training, how can you advise on how to train, where to train, anything, if you don't even know what they're being taught? That doesn't make any sense, but I digress.
0: <laughs> it's just been a time... Been real annoying. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen because for them, to, even for them to ask me to be a buddy for someone, uh, and the person's coming the next month. It's uh, I usually we usually don't do this, but we are recording today on a Thursday. This person's gonna be here Monday. I didn't even know that person existed, but now you want me to be their buddy. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how are we going to get their onboarding together and their schedule? And you were like, HR is going to do that. So that's when I realized, oh, you don't know what the fuck you talking about. Use mm-hmm. my language. You don't know what the heck you're talking about. Because HR is going to give them onboarding for the company, not onboarding for the team and it's their role. Job. Right. So they're going to be there on the first day, going to do the HR onboarding for about, Mm-hmm. Two hours at maximum, and then they're gonna be like, "What do I do with the rest of my day? What do I do with the rest of my week? What do I do with the rest of my first month?" And you're not ready for them. So I was like, "Well, here's a schedule, uh, an empty schedule that you can fill in. Would you like me to send you some of the onboarding materials that I've done for other people so that you know what how you would like to fill in?" They're like, "Yeah, that would be helpful." Let's work this out together. And I'm just like, this is what always happens. Mm-hmm. This will always happen. And when I do try to offer up help, they use my stuff, and then they be like, all right, someone else is gonna handle this from here. But then when you don't know what to do with someone, call, call Mandy, guys. Call Mandy. Mm-hmm. Still know what to do. All right, so that's cool, fam. This whatever. Cause I've been falling back from being helpful. And I was, because I I used to be the helpful lady, so uh, I saw that my help was being taken for granted, and then I was like, I'm going to chill with all that helping business. And now they've uh, gone back to volunteering me to help, because I don't even know why this person would have asked me, of all people, to be somebody's buddy. This person, while he is a manager, has only been a man, like the the two people that apparently made these suggestions for me to be. Uh, doing these things, but people who have been in their role for a short period of time, even though Mm -hmm. they are men. So why who told you? That's how I feel about it. (laughs) You didn't come up with this by yourself. Somebody else told you, hey, you know who would be good at that? Mandy. Ask her.
1: Because
0: that don't make sense to me. And it was probably somebody that you asked for help and they didn't want to do it. So I'm like, why? Why is this happening to me?
1: But, yeah, all right. Well, keep us updated on any updates or changes or any refusals that you make. I really want to hear about that. And I'm sure the listeners would like to know as well. Uh, Hey, you guys. Okay, (laughs) you can think about it. (laughs) So, for our meat and potatoes today, I have two different options. You want to pick a number? Number one or number two? Seven. One or two. One or two. Pick number seven, my lord. Okay, (laughs) we'll go with number two. So, I want to talk about the power that celebrities have while speaking for masses of people who resemble them. It bothers me when someone who maybe has a farther reach financially or platform-wise and looks like me, feels like they can speak for me. Recently, a music mogul took to his platform to say why police exhibit brutality and uh, things of violent natures, and he chalked it up to it being within the black households, how fathers are absent from black households. And just off rip, I know this to be untrue because several of the national stories that have come out, these, these children and kids come from two-parent households, not only that, a lot of police brutality isn't just against kids and teens. It's against grown people. It's against older people. And they might not have fathers or mothers or whatnot, or maybe they have both parents in the household, but you that that does not have anything to do with how a person it's of the law them. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that has nothing to do with how a person of the law decides to treat me. If I and I go back to, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but I go back to our situation. Mandy and I were in a situation where someone else was in the car, and we were just chilling. We were literally going to get some food before we went to a house party, like a kickback. We got pulled over, and these cops came to uh, came up to us crazy. One guy came up in a skeleton mask that had a skeleton on his face. We weren't doing anything. They alleged that one of the lights were out. And the person driving turns the lights on and off, like, no, the lights are on. So it's like you can't control what these people in power in regards to the law do to you and how they come upon you, no matter what you're doing, if you're walking down the street or maybe if you're being belligerent, you can't control how they react. So I just found it very irresponsible and also, like, I don't have to look at statistics to, statistics to know that what you're saying is not true. And the fact that he has this platform where a lot of people follow him and hang on to his every word, or not just people in the music industry, but people in politics, people with other responsible platforms and their followers, just spewing this misinformation to the masses is such a disservice to our community community. And also I just I wish I could talk to this person and be like you don't speak for me and <laughs> you don't speak for everyone and if you're going to do so because you think oh I have the right and authority be right about what you're saying come correct because you're not just speaking to our community there are other people listening to you and taking what you say at face value so that's what I'm frustrated about today Yeah the, the situation of people
0: who are in the media or have power speaking and representing uh, the communities that they come from in larger whole or in larger part need to remember to keep counsel around them of folks who are more knowledgeable. Like the president got a cabinet for a reason. Yes, he was elected and he's the most popular and everybody wanted him to be president. But if he's one person and he don't know everything by himself, he should have people around him who are more knowledgeable in those subjects to help him make the, or her, I said him, that was real sexist, help that person make the best decision. (laughs) Um, We know that that's not always the case. Some folks like, yes, people around them. Some Mm -hmm. folks uh like to just, you know, give friends give jobs to friends or people that, you know, will benefit them in the long run. But if you are going to speak, like you said, on that platform and say that you're representing other people, you have to be mindful about A how those people feel, A what's fact B what's factual and C mm-hmm. if if you know like, if you have other folks around you, did you bounce that idea off of someone else? And if you didn't, were you like, in my opinion? Or did you just say, like, that's what it is? Because that's how this, you know, media tycoon represented. It was like, well, this is the reason why police do this. Like, it's a, a math equation. Like, A plus B equals C. Nah, fam. Right. <laughs> there's a whole... That's not how it works. There's, it's not how it works. There's a whole slew of reasons, essentially, why... why police brutality happens, but we, also, but we know that it's a jacked-up system that also mm-hmm. allows them to do it, that also right. allows it to happen without consequences. Because the whole right. issue with police brutality is that it's often used against people who don't, like, it's an excessive force or an excessive use against people that don't have the means to defend themselves, and in many unfortunate cases don't even get the opportunity to speak their side of it because they lose their lives. And then the mm-hmm. folks that, that exhibit this overextension of their control receive no repercussions. So if that were to happen in any other case and they didn't, mm-hmm. like if, if, you're, if your kid was in school and the teacher was abusing their power And you as a parent went around and was like, this teacher abused my child using their power. I want there to be a repercussion. And the principal and the school board and the government were all like, nah, that's what they're allowed to do. They're allowed to abuse your child because your child is Mm -hmm. the child. They are the teacher. You wouldn't fly for that. And Mm -hmm. that's the way the system is structured for citizens and police. This person is supposed to be sure maybe giving instruction But also giving care and protection, Mm -hmm. and they're being allowed to abuse their role, and let there be no repercussions from it. Yep. So you can't just be like, "Well, the kid was bad, and that's why the teacher abused them." Right. That that's not how that works.
1: Because then, like, he knows this, though. He knows this. He has to know this. The reality is like
0: folks. Some some folks feel they get beyond certain problems. I mean, look at the ASAP mm. Rocky situation.
1: Mm. He
0: was when he spoke on police brutality, and he was like, "That don't that don't apply to me. I don't know those kind okay. of problems. I'm okay. a, you know, I live in this kind of neighborhood. These aren't my issues." He wasn't even. Yep brutalized by the police. He just received a charge for assault, which, as far as I can tell, he assaulted them people. He was provoked and they probably <laughs> should have gotten charged too, but he did what they said he did. Yep. And then he was like, you know, the system. Like, he wanted people to feel sorry <laughs> for him. And it was like, system. and I'm like, I'm not saying that they didn't Maybe once they had you in custody, abuse their power as well to try and make an example of you. But that's the whole point is, like, even if you do something wrong, you want to be treated or you hope that you would be treated fairly, justly, rightly, and not be abused because you were put in a place of vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. typically, if you're not used to being vulnerable, then you feel like, I'm never going to be vulnerable. These problems don't apply to me. It must be the vulnerable person's fault. That's bullshit. We yeah, usually don't yeah, have to put explicit things on, um, explicit mark on there, but I'm going to do that this episode, because <laughs> I guess I'm just heated today. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Sorry, I
1: was <laughs> <sighs> It also bothers me when people... Like you said, you haven't had something happen to you, so you speak out against it, and then when it happens to you, all of a sudden, yeah, police brutality is real, and da-da-da, and I'm like, where were you when we were telling you this? <laughs> we were telling you that these are the reasons that this happens, or these circumstances are different, or even though you live in the Hollywood Hills, like, it could happen to you, like, where were you? Is it just that you're so far removed from the community, from whence you came, that you detach yourself, or you just say those aren't my problems anymore, and it's like, even if they're not your problems, what about your less famous friends, your less famous family members when they're driving down the street, walking down the street, trying to get some food, or just being them normal selves? Like, does it not matter to you until it happens to someone you know? Mhm. That frustrates me. So yeah, I just want to implore those of you with a platform to be responsible when you're talking about these serious so social justice issues, and be knowledgeable. Stop just spewing BS. Do some research.
0: Don't think in the comfort of your bedroom. I mean, be, you gotta say it out loud. Ask somebody before you say something like that.
1: And there are a plethora of people you could ask a plethora of people on social media, behind closed doors, on your team. And maybe if someone on your team doesn't know, get someone on your team to find out because guess what? They're on your payroll, so they have to do what you ask. Like, Right. It, you have all these
0: resources, which means you have resources. So and yet you're mm-hmm. going to go first dumb things that literally anyone with no resources could have come up with that conclusion, but it's probably because they're misinformed so how is it that you with so much information at your fingertips still come up to that conclusion? Unfortunate.
1: It's unfortunate and it's irresponsible. So do better. And
0: part, it, I feel like it's just a thing being said to cover up your own behind. Like I think he said it to cover up his own behind because people was you know, already said what, though? Um, the conflicts about the new business venture that he's making. Um.
1: Yep. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I would agree. Mm-hmm. What was the other
0: thing you had for meat and potatoes?
1: Nope. It was either or.
0: Okay. Well, I have nothing. So that's why I thought I'd ask.
1: Okay. So we'll go to my second one. So my second not meat and potatoes. <laughs> I'm surprised. You don't have anything for meat and potatoes today? Nah, fam. I
0: ain't got
1: no meat, no potatoes but eat, all veggies. Okay. Well, stew. I have a question. Well, oh, no, I have veggie pizza, yeah. No potatoes, no meat. Okay. How do you, or I guess my question is, when was the last time you acted upon something that felt like nostalgic, like your last nostalgic moment where you were like, this feels familiar or this feels comfortable, so I'm going to act upon it, or I'm going to maybe watch that TV show I haven't watched in a while, or meet up with that person that I haven't seen in a while, or eat this food that I haven't had in a while. Like, can you remember your last nostalgic moment, or that's something that made you say, hmm? I feel I like this
0: is a good question, because I was being nostalgic all weekend, and you were here.
1: So I was, so I was like...
0: What do you mean, my last do you
1: mean, I was there? We're together now. Whatever, fam. We were together.
0: You're going to this this <laughs> you're gonna have to cut this out and you have to cut all of this Why? Out. I, why, why can't the this audience this? know
1: why that we listen, time listen, listen, we're supposed to
0: act listen, like we only ever on the podcast?
1: Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. I know you're so hyped up about this training stuff, but don't take it out on me, okay? I said, I, you, I love you. you I said, I, I said, hyped up hyped up is what I said. I'm I just do to say why we can't okay. act like we spent the
0: weekend together. What is it? This for we, all they doing know, with? we live in the same area. They don't
1: know what's right.
0: Going on. So why, why is it would be uncommon that we spent the
1: weekend together? <laughs> I'm just saying, even if I saw the nostalgic stuff, the listeners didn't see it. So I gotta pose the question to you.
0: I made a playlist.
1: It had a lot of nostalgic music on there. Mm
0: -hmm. And all my people was getting nostalgic on the dance floor.
1: Nice. How did it make you feel? Happy. Okay. I like dancing. All right. So, I guess we'll move along to our underappreciated uh, what was yours? An award. Oh, you have to give I don't up? understand.
0: See how you go for your. You're being funny. That. You're being funny like I'm that. Be funny. I'm not being funny You are. You I'm are.
1: Trying to wait, till you, wait till you hear this playback. You changed during the of this recording. But
0: okay. I don't know what you saw about, ma'am. What was he in
1: the song? <laughs> um, meeting up with someone that I haven't seen in a very long time. It was just really cool to see their personality for today and just see how, you know, we still meshed. And it was just really, really cool seeing this person and being like, oh, yeah, we had all these memories uh, way back when and whatnot. So just being able to hang out was really, really fun for me.
0: I feel like we had a similar conversation about uh, this last time. I think it was the last podcast. I think it was the last podcast. Was it the last, podcast or two podcasts ago? Yeah, so two podcasts ago, that was my This is a Safe Space, just like talking about friends that I grew apart from. Remember?
1: I remember, but yours was more so like reconnecting permanently, and mine was just like, mine today is like just that feeling of nostalgia is something that I can appreciate. And I'm not necessarily, like, focused on, or at least in the discussion right now, focused on, like, rebuilding a friendship. I'm just focused on, like, that feeling of nostalgia that I felt. It was just very nice to feel it.
0: So yours more like deja vu. Mm,
1: I wouldn't say that. Like, this has happened before. But I would say this feels familiar, and I can appreciate that this feels familiar and comfortable.
0: So it's not quite... I've done this before. I've been here before. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I know this feeling.
1: And I, I like it. Yep. Like I like that. I know this feeling and I like it. I like it. Don't want to do it again. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, for the purpose of this conversation, <laughs> I'm focusing on the feeling, which I appreciate it in life. Okay. All right. Yeah,
0: that's why I was trying to understand what it was that you meant. Because I'm like, we were doing nostalgic stuff a lot. so I wanted more context because I was like, this feels like, like you know what it was that you were feeling, but based off of the way you set it up, I didn't know what it was that you were about to talk about. So I was just like, I don't know. I did a lot of nostalgic stuff recently.
1: Hmm. All right. All right well, <laughs> award this
0: uh, my underappreciated awards are going to the Braxton and all of their random songs. And... Uh, even though this person didn't write any of the random songs that are on their show, I also would like to give a little special shout-out to Rashawn Daniels. who yeah. passed away uh, this week and worked directly with the Braxton's on some of their hit songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of my favorite Braxton random songs are the Daddy song and He Must Have a Dingling of Gold and Tony's also <laughs> late. So, um, I can give a little rendition for each of those real quick in the shortest manner so that we ain't got to pay no money for it. But the daddy mm-hmm. song is like, if you That's call dad, I know he getting in the panties. That's the daddy song. Um, mm-hmm. Tony's always late goes, Tony's always late. And, uh, the Other song, so if you're ever looking for just like some short clip entertainment, look up the Boxes for some of their uh quick little ditties, and I promise you, it'll give you a giggle, and the song will probably get stuck in your head.
1: Hmm, that's funny. I do remember two of those songs and that is how they went. Her rendition was a uh, spot on. So yeah. Hey, this is the way you did. The one. Like it. Um the daddy song. I remember the Tony Always Late and I remember the Dingle of Gold, but I don't remember the Daddy song.
0: The daddy song was about Sawanda and Andre. And mm-hmm. in fact there's a part on there. What they say. So Wanda and Andre, Daddy
1: Daddy, get in and all daddy daddy. Nice. My underappreciated award is going to people who do good deeds and don't put them on Al Gore's internet. I (laughs) do not understand. Why people feel the need to record others who are downtrodden and out on their last dime on their last leg literally and show themselves giving money, giving food, giving back, and putting it on the internet first of all, that's a huge invasion of privacy and I honestly feel like you're demeaning them by doing so because I I don't see anybody filling out any NDAs or consent forms before you're recording them. I never hear anyone say, is it okay if I record you? And it's like that would be bogus to do. So why not just do the good deed and move on? Is it like that thing where if a tree falls in the forest and does it make a sound? It's like if I re- give, if I do something nice for someone and don't record it, did it happen? Yeah, it happened. You just didn't <laughs> put it on Al Gore's internet. And the fact that you're doing this, I feel like it's dehumanizing and I don't think I'm reading too much into this. I, I thought this is the first time I saw someone give money to somebody and record it and then post it online. I'm like, why? Why expose them this way? It doesn't make any sense to me, whether you're helping them find housing or a job or giving them money or a car or anything. Do your good deeds because you want to do good deeds, not because you want to get likes or followers or have something go viral. Like, do your good deeds. In the privacy of doing your good deeds, have some respect for these people who are recipients of your good deeds and stop showboating. That's what I have to say about that. So shout out to the people who do good deeds in the dark because they want to do good deeds, and if they happen to be recorded, that's one thing. But when you have someone in selfie mode showing themselves giving dollar bills or keys and stuff away to people, it's just, it's gross, if you ask me. It's gross.
0: And if you're looking to uh, follow suit with what I was saying, like to do some good deeds, um, there are people who have been uh, displaced because of Hurricane Dorian. Um, There are a lot of outreach uh, charities and just different organizations that are looking for simple supplies like diapers. Toiletries, cleaning products, facial tissues, just, you know, everyday stuff um, Mm -hmm. for people that are just at this moment displaced. And I want to say that displaced is the word because it's not like um, when people are in a, a, a place of need, you don't always know, like, the circumstances that got them there. It's not always people who are just like, oh, they threw their life away and now they they're on the corner panhandling or they're, um, you know, at a shelter or they're just in a place of need, like, all kinds of circumstances can happen and can quickly leave all of us in a place of just, like, devastation and loss. And yeah. natural disasters are one of, like, the big, like, a huge causes for things that displace people. Um Some folks, you know their houses might be underwater or leveled right now, and it's not that they aren't going to maybe have an opportunity to get back up, but right now they just don't have the things that they would usually have, and it would take a while for them to be able to get back on their feet. So um, if you would like to support people in that release, there are lots of organizations that are going around um, posting for Bahamas, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that that will continue for areas in the United States as well as Dorian has hit the coast of uh, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we are going forward into hurricane season. So just mm-hmm. be mindful that there will be more – potentially could be more situations like this. And mm-hmm. you know, it's going to affect somebody, and it's really going to be unfortunate. So don't feel like, you know – it's above me now, or, or like Ali says, like, oh, I'll, if I'm gonna give them something, I got to show everybody that I gave. Just really have an open, willing heart to understand that it could be anybody, it could be you, it could be someone that you love, and it was just be really beautiful to implore, like, a giving heart and give because it's the right thing to do.
1: Right. More specifically, there are lots of places. There's Bahamas Strong. There's National Association of the Bahamas, Miami-Dade County, Operation Helping Hands, International Medical Corps, some GoFundMe, AmeriCare. There are lots of programs. I do implore you all also to look up if maybe you don't want to donate to someone who's um, a profit organization or who, you know, says that they do goodwill activities but take home a six-figure paychecks, the CEO. So I would just employ you all to also look at the companies and where you're donating, where it's going to, and making sure that, you know, these are legitimate places that are passing along the funds to those in need. Yeah,
0: and I think that's why, like, especially in these situations, I appreciate buying, like, the goods and then sending it to the donation places. Because yeah, if you directly send money, then you're hoping that it goes into the, the hands of the people that need it, but it could go into the pockets of others. But if you're sending the goods, um, like so, like a lot of people that still you know send water, or water filters to Flint or whatever, or if you're sending like I said um, diapers for for babies. I, I, you can't. I, I would have to assume or hope that they're just going to send those diapers because what else are you be doing with
1: them? You know. Yep. So that's all I had for my underappreciated award. So, Mandy, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find us? Mm-hmm.
0: Find us at uh, m n o Podcast on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. You mm-hmm. Email us your questions and comments at Mandy and Ollie at gmail dot com. Please be sure, please, that's a piece. Maybe I'm hundred. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. So let us you know whenever we drop a new episode. Yeah.
1: Thank you guys for listening. Bye. For you yeah, your body made for freaking. And you take advantage of it every weekend. Every weekend I heard some things. I heard some things. But I can't complain. Cause I stepped to you and I ask your name.
0: Yeah, I came with game, tell me your name. She said
1: I said, Then you look so familiar. Yeah, you look so familiar. Don't I know you from back
0: when? Yeah, were back when